0: In this series right now called Questions, everybody say questions. You know 50 Cent had 21 of them. We're in this series called Questions, everybody say questions. Questions. How many of y'all have ever asked questions before? How many of you have ever questioned God before? Me too. You ever questioned the Bible? Me too. You ever question why I got to do this thing? You ever question like what's the real benefit of this? You have a question, do I have to do it at this age, I can't wait till I'm older? Listen, questions, those are real things that all of us go through and in this series we've been asking you to submit some questions that you guys have about God, Jesus, the Bible or Christianity and we're gonna do our best to look through the Bible, not give you opinion but giving you the Bible and what does the Bible have to say about your questions because the reality is this, Um, some people might not like your questions, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't like the question. Because anytime I ask a question, I'm searching for a what? Answer. Exactly. So I believe that when we ask questions to God and questions about God, he's basically sitting there saying, yes, you're trying to learn more about me. Come on, just keep on going. No matter what the question is, I have an answer for it. And so we're going to tackle a question tonight that several of you actually sent in to us. And uh, it is this question, is heaven and hell actually real? Have you ever wondered that before? Is heaven and hell actually real? Like, I hear people talk about it, hear people say it, I hear it in songs. Kane Brown has a song talking about heaven. Like, I I I hear all these different people talking about it, but I'm like, is it anything real that I should be thinking about? Or should should I have an opinion on heaven and hell? Does it even apply to me, or is it just an old history book that I have in social studies class? What is this thing? You know, there's a, there's a story of this dad, and uh, man, he unfortunately, the dad was passing away, and uh, he, he had four kids. And so while they were in the hospital, and he, he was saying his goodbyes, um, he, he, he grabbed some of his kids. He said, hey, John, good night. Man, they, I'm proud of you, son. Hey, Butch. Don't name your kid Butch. Hey, Butch. I'm, I'm proud of you, son, good, good night. Hey, Betty, Betty, you've been, you're my, you're my daughter, my only daughter. You brought a smile to your dad's eyes. Good night, baby girl. Hey, and and Ralph, goodbye. Ralph, Ralph, that, that fourth son, or that, that, that fourth kid, the third son, he was like, Daddy, why you told everybody good night? You told me goodbye. Like, I would be tight with that. Like, why can't I get what everybody else gets? I get goodbye. Everybody else got Good night. The dad looked back at him just very straightforward and answered. And he said, listen, them three accepted Jesus to be their savior. So I know I'm going to see them again. You haven't accepted Jesus yet. And until you do, I'm never going to see you again. He's hurt, but he's telling the truth. There's a reality. There's a reality of heaven and hell. And as much as we want to tiptoe around it, because we don't, we only want to talk about the good things that the Bible has to say, and we only want to talk about all those positive things, and there's so many of those things, there is a reality that if I don't do things God's way, then I'm going to get a result that God never intended for my life. We're just going to talk about what these differences are and how they apply to your life and in my life. So I I believe that there are three main ways to answer this question of, is heaven and hell actually real? Is there actually a heaven and a hell? Everybody say number one. We have to remember, realize, come to realization that the Bible is the truth and not an opinion. The Bible is truth, not an opinion. How many of you have ever asked somebody, maybe, maybe you was at the lunch table, and uh, you was like, hey, listen, I wonder if, um, or what, what do y'all think? You, you're talking to your best friend. Hey, what do you think if I decided to do this? Or if I asked this person to prom, or if I wore this dress to prom, or whatever the case was. And um, not only did you get your best friend's advice, but you got everybody at the table's advice. They all wanted to tell you their opinion. That ever happened to you? Yeah, ever, ever happened? Like, maybe, I love my mom and daddy. I love my mom and daddy. But there's been times where we're riding in the car together and I look at my dad and I'm, I ask my dad a question. Before my daddy could answer, my mama going to step in my mama going to answer me too. It's like, look, I love you. I, just, I I wasn't asking them. But we hear opinions all the time. Maybe the person you're sitting next to, they give you your their opinion and you don't even ask for it. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. that be rude. Don't do that. But we... We get opinions from people all the time. The problem that you and I have to, have to solve is remembering that this is not just another opinion on how to do our life. It, it, it's not, see, three things that hit about the Bible being truth and not an opinion. Number one is this, the Bible was given from God to man. What does that mean? Did God literally say, cool, I'm gonna print this up in heaven, so like, you know how sometimes they say like, made in China? Like this says made in heaven. No, like it, it, it wasn't one of them things. It didn't have no sticker that came on it or package like that. But but what God did was God would talk to man. He would he, 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 he would engage with men, with men, women, and they would begin to write things down, experiences that they had with God and what they believed God was saying. The Bible is very real. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this: all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. It is beneficial for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, and for training up in righteousness, for training us up in the way that Jesus wants us to live. The Bible was given from God to us. The second thing that we gotta remember is this, the Bible, while it is true, Jesus called himself the truth. In John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one gets to the Father except through me. If Jesus says that he's the truth, That means that he's this book. No one gets to the father except through him. Jesus, while we have this that we can read, we have the the person, the being of Jesus that we could watch and see how he does. Anybody, you like watching movies rather than reading the book? See, I've heard my whole life people tell me that the book is better than the movie. And I'm so happy for you that that is the case. (laughs) But I'm gonna watch the movie nine times out of 10 and maybe spark note the other one. All right, and then here's this last one. Here's this last one on is the Bible true, or that the Bible is truth and not just an opinion, is God has a standard for what was supposed to be in this Bible, and it actually says in Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6, every word of God proves true. Everybody say true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him, meaning if I go to God, he's going to protect me. It says this in the very next verse, do not add to his words. It says don't add to this Bible or he will rebuke you, meaning God will say when you get up, when I if, if I was to add to God's word, what he says is he will rebuke me when I get to meet him in heaven one day. And he's like, hey, what have you been doing? How, how did you live on this earth? Yeah, I'm going to walk up to the front. He's going to be like, I don't know that cat. And just straight walk away. If I add to his word, he will rebuke me and I will be found as a liar. You'll be found as like if you add to God's word. Because I growing up, I, I used to hear this thing and, and even sometimes now, I have these questions of like, if this was all man, aren't all men imperfect? So how was this thing then perfect? There's 66 books in this Bible. There are 40 different writers, but there is only one author. 66 books, 40 plus author or writers that actually wrote it, but the author has only been one, and the author is God. This is the only book where you can have that many different collections of writings, those many different people writing it, and the storyline from the beginning all the way through the end be the exact Same, never changing and never contradicting itself. The first thing, if we're gonna talk about this idea of is heaven and hell real, we have to first realize that the Bible is the truth and not just an opinion about my life or about the things that I should believe in. The second thing is in this, the the question then comes up, does the Bible talk about heaven and hell? If the Bible is the truth and not just opinion, then does the truth, does the Bible even have an opinion about heaven and hell? <laughs> yeah. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to look into that. And here's the thing. I'm going to be giving several different verses of Scripture, um, typically more than what I would normally do. Um, why are you doing that? Because I want you to be able to, if you ever have a question on anything that I said, I want you to be able to look it up. One of the best things that you could ever do in a church is take notes. Why? Because of what I'm saying is that great? No. Because we should not only have to get the word of God or only hear about these things on my own time. We ought to be able to do it day in and day out. And so what I like to do, I take notes of Pastor Scott on Sundays because I look over those on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And he said this. But I really didn't agree with that. And so I'm able to do my research on it and see, of course, Pastor Scott was right. And so I encourage y'all, if y'all want to take notes on this, take notes. That's why I'm giving so much scripture. But does the Bible talk about heaven and hell? Yes, it does. The Bible in Revelation 21 and 22, it gives descriptions of what hell could look like. Hell is going to to have a wall around it made of jasper, which is a gemstone. It's going to have roads of gold that is so pure, it's like glass see-through. It ain't like gold that you'd get anywhere. Like so pure that it is see through. It's gonna have precious stones all over the wall. Ain't gonna be this drywall where you could punch it and you could punch all the way through it. now nah, you punch this one, your fist gonna get cut. Like it, it, it's gonna have precious stones. And the Bible says that there's not gonna be there's not gonna be any sun. Ain't gonna be no lamps. Ain't gonna be no light switch. Why? Because the Bible also said that. God is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And God's presence, God's glory, the fact that he's there, he's going to be the thing that lights everything up. God's trying to make your life lit. That's what he's trying to do. It ain't heaven. God's trying to make everything lit. That's that's a description of what heaven is going to look like. And so what is so great about heaven, man, we're going to be with God for eternity. Man, so so here's the thing. I'm twenty twenty 26 years old. Think, I'm 26 years old. I forget how old I am all the time. I'm 26 years old. And there's parts of me that I'm like, man, th- this life is taking forever to get happening. Have you ever felt like high school took you 10 years just to get through? Uh-huh. Maybe middle school took you 12 years just to get from 6th grade to 7th grade? Yeah. I I've, 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 I've felt that. So I, 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 feel, I feel what you're going through. But the Bible actually talks about this life that we're living right now to be nothing but a vapor take it in and you can breathe it out and it goes away so quick then it dissolves into nothing that really what you and I are living for is this thing called eternity everybody say eternity where it there is timeless there's no time limit there's no time zone it doesn't even matter so what's so great about heaven the first thing is that we get to spend eternity we get to spend forever with god the second thing is this there's going to be joy and not sorrow joy and not sorrow what does that mean I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to have to deal with pain of sadness. I'm not going to have to deal with the crying and tears. No, I'm going to have all joy. There's going to be peace and not distress. I'm going to be able to relax, and I'm not going to have all this anxiety that keeps coming into my life not knowing what the next step is going to be. There's going to be love and not anger. No racism. No classism. No what side of the tracks are you on. No, what school did you go to? No, you got kinky hair, you got straight hair. That ain't going to mean none of that. It's just going to be love. That's what makes heaven so great. And so what do we do when we're in heaven? And three quick things that we do. I love this. The first one is this. We're going to worship God. So here's the thing. You can say, yay, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. There's people way smarter than me who study Bible. And so, in in and some people b- believe there are 70, seven zeros, 70 levels of understanding to every single verse. So we can read it, but we ain't like reading it. You know what I'm saying? You know, like when you pass somebody a note and you say like read between the lines, like did you get what I'm saying, but I'm not actually saying what I mean to say, but you could pick up what I'm trying to say. Feel me? That kind of a thing. They talk about how the angels that are there right now, spending all their life with, with God in heaven, as God as 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 God is in the center, they just keep going in circles around God. And why is it that we're gonna be able to worship God every single day for the rest of eternity? Because they say every single time they start to see, or every time they worship God, they see another side of him that they've never ever seen before. And they become grateful and thankful again for who he is because I've never seen him in that way. Then I never saw him in that way. Then I never saw him in that way. It's like when I first got married with Liz, I had seen her as a girlfriend. I had seen her as a fiance. I had never seen her as a wife. Saw her as a wife and I'm like, dang, this girl was stupid for getting with me, but it worked out for me. (laughs) And then I see her as a mom now, and I'm like, dang, she's real stupid for having a baby with me, but hey, she locked in there now, 18 years, we locked in. Like, th- and so much more so when it comes to when we look and when we see things with God, we're going to be able to worship him every single day, and we won't have to even give God the same compliment, because you're going to see a different side of him that you've never been able to see. That's going to be like, dang, that's my God. Everybody say, that's my God. The second thing that we're gonna be able to do when we're in heaven is we're gonna be able to reign with God. The Bible says that you and I, we're gonna have some power. I like power. I like being able to make decisions. I like being able to do some things. And the Bible says that as Christians, as Christ followers, as someone who says, Jesus, I accept you into my heart and I'm gonna live by your standards to the best of my abilities. I'm not gonna be perfect, but I am gonna pursue you. Then we will get to reign with God in heaven. And then lastly, The Bible says that we're going to be rewarded in Matthew 25. It says we're going to be rewarded for our efforts from God. How many like the idea of God rewarding you? God reward you, I remember growing up as a kid, whenever I would go on family vacations, if I did good in the car ride and good, meant if I didn't keep asking my mom to stop the car every 30 minutes because I was bored, uh, if I actually shut up and kept my headphones in, and if uh, I remembered to charge my portable DVD player and brought all my DVDs, then whenever we got to wherever we was going, we'd find a Target or a Walmart or something, and I got to get a reward. So my mom will call, she said, you've been good, Caleb, you get a reward. It only stopped two years ago, and so it's been great. She said, you get to get a reward. My mom rewarding me for my good behavior was one thing, but God rewarding me for how I choose to live this life right here is going to mean so much more. How we live here definitely matters to what how we get rewarded in heaven. So that's talking about some stuff about heaven, right? How many is like, yep, sign me up. I want to go vacation to heaven. I'm down for that. That sounds like great paradise. The Bible literally says no eye has seen, no ear has heard how great and amazing heaven is going to be. But then if I believe that there's a heaven, then I believe that there's a hell. How many of y'all like uh, Marvel movies? Like Marvel movies? Like Marvel movies? Okay, okay. How many like DC? Like DC? You like DC? You like, like DC? See, I prefer Marvel, but I like Superman. You feel me? Kind of goes back and forth. So here's the thing. um, If you have a good guy in a movie, you have a? You would not need a bad guy if the good guy was just a guy. But because you say that one is good, that means that there has to be one that is then bad. If you say that there's a bad guy, then that means that there obviously has to be a good guy. So if heaven, Is a great place to be whenever I go to live in eternity, then there has to be somewhere that's going to be terrible for me to live whenever I get into eternity. That's what hell is. See, a couple things that you and I need to remember and to know about hell is this. Number one, hell was never meant for humans. Hell was never meant for humans. I've heard so many times, why would God send people to hell? Why would God send people to hell? God don't send nobody to hell. God gave his son to die on the cross to keep people from going to hell. But God said, my actions, I choose. God has given all of us free will. All of us have a choice to make. Do we choose God? Do we not choose God? And he doesn't pressure us one way or the other. But you better believe. That if I choose God, I get one set of results. If I don't choose God, I get another set of results. It's like me going to a class, being in the class. I know I'm in the class. I know that there's a test coming up. I choose to study. I get a good grade. Yes. Awesome. Expect that. But it's a whole other thing. If I go to class, or I'm in this class, I go to class. I know that there's a test. I don't study and I get mad at the teacher for giving me a bad grade. Teacher didn't give me no bad grade. I did not provide the effort in order to get the grade that I wanted. I didn't get the result. They didn't give me anything, I didn't get the result. God doesn't send anybody to hell, but based on the choices that we make, we could end up there. That is the reality. Again, hell was not meant for humans. Matthew 25, 41 says this, depart from me, you curse. cursed. Jesus is talking here, saying, get away, you curse. cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What is hell? Somewhere where there's a whole bunch of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is also a place of pain. Matthew 13, it said, there shall be wailing, uh, a wailing and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever uh, been asleep? And uh, while you was asleep, you woke up and your teeth and your mouth, your jaw was sore because you was like grinding your teeth all night. That ever happened to you? And it's like your, your jaw just started to hurt. Yes, yeah, so like that, that, that gnawing of your teeth. Imagine that 24 7. 24 7. Never having any kind of a break from pain, from suffering. Everything that we talked about, what heaven did. There's joy, there's no more sorrow. In hell, there's only sorrow, no such thing as joy. In, in, in heaven, I, I'll, I'll get to live this life of. Man, where, where where there's peace and there's no distress, there, but in hell, there's all anxiety, depression, no such thing as a peace at, at all. No, that's 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 what the reality of hell is. And then to me, the, the absolute worst part of hell, because we live in Florida, we could take some heat. Oh, y'all can't take heat? Okay, well, summertime's coming up, so get ready. Uh, we, we live in Florida. We, 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 we can take some heat. Pain. Not my favorite thing, but like, what's going on there? The worst part about hell is it is complete removal from God. Hell is a place where God literally cannot be. Can't bless it, can't touch it, can't take us out of it. It's a place that we choose to go to. Why would anybody choose that? By not choosing Jesus. That's just the, it's A or B. There's no C, D, or all the above. There's no extra choice. It is true or false, and based on the answer that I pick, there's a result that comes on the back side of that. But it hell is complete removal from God. How many of you would say that this world that we live in right now is a little bit crazy? I would too. You know what the craziest thing is? As crazy as this world is, God is still involved in it. Imagine what it would be like if he wasn't. Imagine it would be like if there was no such thing as a church to be able... To come in here. Imagine what it would be like if there was no such thing as a Bible. Imagine if there was no such thing as worship music that just talks about how great and amazing God is. Imagine what that kind of a thing would be like. Imagine what it would be like for people to live with no standards. Imagine what it would be like for people to not loving people. Imagine, imagine racism 24-7, sexism 24-7, everybody fending for number one, fending for themselves, not caring about anybody else. And then even at that, our perspective still only has God in it. Because you and I have never known a life without God's existence in it. We've never known it. Since we were conceived in our mother's room, in your mother's room, we have always had this thing of we knew who God was. Because before we ever came here, we were created in heaven. The Bible says that you and I were made in his image. That's why we can't fully grasp this concept of hell because it's not one that was ever intended for you and I to live in. But based on a result, it could end up there. So how could I end up in, if hell is that bad, how could I end up in heaven and not hell? We talked a little bit about this. I have to use my free will to choose Jesus over sometimes my feelings, my emotions, my desires, what they say, what she says, what he says. It's I either believe that the Bible is true or I don't believe it at all. It's not just another opinion. It is truth. You see, it's either truth or a lie. Imagine if Liz told me when she told me that she was pregnant. Imagine if she said, hey, Caleb, um, I'm kind of pregnant. What do you mean kind of pregnant? You're either pregnant or you're not. Like, I can either buy these shoes or I need to go out and start buying some diapers. Like, which, which, which one are we rocking with here? There's no such thing as kind of pregnant, right? You, you, you either are or you're not. So to believe some of the Bible, you and I, we have to believe all of the Bible. Now, that doesn't mean that I like everything that I read. But the fact is, whether I like it or not, it is true. When I read this thing, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it hurts. Why? Because I see how wrong I am. I see how me, how I treated that person at Walmart. Oh, that was wrong. And how I tweeted a tweet that wasn't at nobody but was about somebody, that was wrong. And how I'm, how I'm treating my wife, how I'm thinking about myself, the actions that I'm doing, the thoughts that I'm thinking, how this Bible holds me to a standard. So to believe some of the Bible, I have to believe all of it. See, I can't just believe the good of the Bible and disregard the standard of the Bible. I can't just believe the blessings of heaven with while ignoring the reality of hell. I believe it or I don't. It's, it's either truth or it's not. Everybody stand to your feet. And this question of is heaven or hell real? Man, yes. But the first thing we gotta do is remember that the Bible is the truth and not just an opinion. And this is not just about heaven and hell. This is about any and all aspects of our life. And then let's take a look at what the Bible says. Heaven's going to be a beautiful place. It's going to be a place I want a vacation to. It's going to be a place that's going to have joy and peace and love and and a place where we get to be with God 24-7. And we're going to be able to worship with him and reign with him. And we're going to get blessed by God while we're there. But if we're not there, then we're going to be in this place called hell where there is constant pain. There is absolutely zero access to God. And there is no hope for anything better to come. I don't want that. We either have to believe all of the Bible or none of the Bible when it pertains to this. It's the good and the standard, the blessing of heaven and the reality of the pain of hell. See, but then there's this third thing that I would say to answer this question of not just understanding what the Bible is and the truth and not just getting a picture of what the Bible says about heaven or hell, but then there's this thing that's called faith. And if we really wanna buy into this thing, you and I, we're gonna have to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, it says this, now faith is being sure we will get what we hope for. It is being sure of what we cannot see. See, here's the thing. I have hope in heaven but I have a faith in Jesus. Let me explain. That verse said now faith is being sure we will get what we hoped for, which means I have to have a hope before I can ever have a faith. I have to have a hope that things can be better than what I'm experiencing right now. I have to have a hope that there has to be something someone that is greater than the things in the, that I'm experiencing right now, that my mind, I have a hope that it could be better than what it is right now, that my life can be better than what it is right now, that this is, I hope all I'm doing is not just sucking air and paying taxes. I hope that I'm living for something more. And because I have a hope, I start searching and I find an answer in Jesus that now gives me a production of faith. I had a hope in heaven. I had a hope that I was able to live for something greater. But now I hold on because I have faith to this cat named Jesus. And because of my faith in Jesus, I get to experience a hope that I've only ever dreamed of. I've only ever thought of. Two things you and I need to learn about this idea of faith that I wish I would have learned. I wish I would have bought into this. Number one is this, it is okay to doubt. It's okay. I don't know anybody who 100% of the time, all the time, believes 100% of everything that's in here and is good with it. Like I said, when I read this thing, I have a tough time. There's pages of my Bible that I wanna rip out and throw away. There's things that i want to erase like backspace 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 i I just want to get rid of whole books because i don't like it it's okay to doubt but i don't want my doubt to turn into a denial what does that mean god i don't know if you're actually in this scenario at all because this circumstance sucks i i can't see any aspect of you in this but I'm not going to deny the fact that you are God and that somehow you are in this. And so I'm just, I just have to believe in you. So it's okay to doubt. I just don't want my doubt to turn into denial. And then the second thing is this. Faith is not the removal of doubt. Faith is our way to overcome our doubt. I doubt. What I do sometimes. I doubt if I'm loved. I doubt if I'm protected. I doubt if there's a future for my life. I doubt am I reading this thing as a school book? Am I reading this thing because it can actually change my life? I doubt sometimes, but when I doubt, I have to have a faith that's on the inside of me that came from a hope of I want to live a better life that says, God, I just have to have a faith in you because what I'm dealing with right now, all my doubts, I don't get it. But God, I need you to help me believe. Bible would actually tells about this story, this cat who wanted to help, who, who wanted Jesus to help save uh, his daughter. And uh, he said to Jesus, Jesus, could you make this happen? What do you mean, can I do this? The guy says, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. He can handle our doubt. You don't need to deny him. He can handle our doubt. That's why we have this idea of faith that is able to over trump, to overturn our doubt. Closing with this, there's this verse that I heard growing up all the time, 23rd Psalm. Some of y'all probably got it tatted on you. 23rd Psalm, I heard this growing up. And after, while preparing for this message, I've read this verse like I've never read it before in my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in greedy pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Then David says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. David had to have faith. Even though I walk. He didn't say even though I have already walked. He's not talking past tense. He's saying in the middle of my circumstance, even though I'm going through a dark place where it feels like I'm in a ditch right now, I know that you are with me, so, so, so I'm not going to fear. You're rotting your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oval, uh, oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness and mercy. Hopefully, goodness and mercy. I don't see it right now, but I'm believing that goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. We have to have this idea of, of faith to overtake our doubt. So this question of is heaven and hell real you better believe it is better believe it is now again jesus died so that we could have heaven and heaven on earth he doesn't want us to die to experience this when i do things god's way when i choose to do things god's way i get god's results what does that mean i get a little bit of heaven on earth i get blessings here on earth that i could not get for myself When I die, when I'm in eternity, not that life that goes as fast as a vapor, but when I'm there for all of eternity, I'm going to be able to fully experience the goodness of God that we talk about. But you and I, to be honest, can't even really comprehend how good God actually is. But it's all up to a choice of you and I making. If I choose God, I get one result. If I don't choose God or I don't choose at all, I get another result. Not choosing is a choice. There's a, another way to say it is indifference is a choice itself, not being able to choose. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this room, and I'm all about this idea of heaven here on earth, but there is a reality of eternity that all of us are gonna walk into. The Bible says that it is appointed once for man to die. It, all of us have an appointment to die. And that ain't a, an appointment like your barbershop or like a nail tech that you're going to be late for. Like that's going to happen on call. And I just want to ask you, I want us to be able to live life and life to its fullest here. But with this thing of eternity, if you don't know that you are going to heaven without a shadow of a doubt, and you want to tonight solidify where you will end up in eternity, that place of blessing, that place of a presence of God rather than something that's the complete removal of God. If that's where you want to end up and you don't know for sure if you're going to end up there, I just want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. I see you in the front. I see y'all in the back. I see you. I see you. I see you guys in the back. see in the back left corner. I see you, buddy. I see you. I see you down here in the front. The Bible says we believe with our mouth, or believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that we will be saved, one, and then two, Jesus, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, will be pleading on our behalf, talking to God of, hey, God, they just pray to us. We need to let them in. The Bible says that our name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And whoever's name is written in that book gets to spend eternity with God. So I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus. I love you thank you for dying on the cross for my sins I don't deserve it I don't deserve this gift of heaven but you've chosen to give it to me anyway I choose you Jesus I believe you're the Son of God that you died for my sins that I can spend eternity with you and God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God, I thank you for every single student that is in this room, every single leader. God, I thank you that there is a standard that you ask us to uphold but you don't ask us to do it blindly. You've given us your Bible, which we can stand full force on it. You've shown us what our options are in heaven, in hell. And you've also given us this aspect of faith to help us overcome our doubts. So when any of us begin to doubt, myself included, I pray that we're just reminded of your track record and how you got a perfect record. You've done so good for so long. You're not gonna mess up or drop us and for us to be the first one. God, we love you. Praise you and we thank you so much for the gift of eternal life with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.